Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right, and we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Supermama Sisterhood. Sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista, and he was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. And we get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. Ah! I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. <laughs> she stopped me right there. She was like, Risa, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted, and he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super mamas! Hello. Thank you. Shout out to so Viva La Bonita. Hello. You're so on trend, Valina. This new year, new me. <laughs> I'm going to juice is that it, up as much as still, I can. Is it still? At what point do you stop saying Happy February. New Year? February 1st? So I all guess. January. All January, January, just like January. Yay. New thing, new day, whatever, I did, whatever. I am, doing, I am doing that dry January. Have you heard of dry January? Uh-huh. Um, 100%. Although I did have a beer at Calibash. Like a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, and I was like, does that count? No. Okay. <laughs> and then you try the beer at the restaurant. Yeah. And then like my Oaxaca trip was a mezcal research tip. Mm-hmm. So someone told me don't do dry, do moist, which I thought was also very like <laughs> X-rated word. I was like, moist January sounds like <laughs> something else, which means it's not completely wet. Mm-hmm. It's just a little moist. Mm, so mm-hmm. maybe I'll have like a moist year. <laughs> That's my goal for 2019 <laughs> to keep it moist. <laughs> goes Not very, dry. goes very, uh, you know, como se dice? de acuerdo with uh, our last episode. Yeah, on trend, <laughs> on trend, on trend from last week. We're still, I mean, this is just our year. We're still keeping it positive, moist. <laughs> hashtag we create a new hashtag why not this is our year let's do it Uh, so what have you been up to what's life with three daughters like crazy 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 nothing just you know getting ready for um I mean, it's gonna, it's almost the end of January. Okay, so I need to start getting ready for Eduardo's birthday party. I am so excited. This is the first year that I'm actually having a birthday party. I know it's at the end of March. I'm excited to go to one of your parties. I know, I know it's at the end of March, but I already told my husband, okay, I have two months to actually put together this. I'm gonna invite all his friends from school. Oh, cute. Um, I'm okay, excited. so I have a I'm question. excited for you to come over to my house with people that you don't know. Like when I come <laughs> over to your house and birthday parties, and I'm like, who are all these people? <laughs> she has more friends. You're like, why do you have what the? There's like all these moms. Like, oh my god, yeah, Paulina's so nice. I'm like, wait, hold on. Who who are you? And why are you here? Like. Wait a minute. Why don't I know this person? <laughs> oh, so I'm excited cool. for you to do that in Dang. my house. And you're going to be like, what in the world? <laughs> Wait, so what's the etiquette? Do you invite everybody? Like, you're going to invite oh, all I'm his invite- friends? I'm inviting everybody. Oh, wow. That's I'm, a I'm, big I'm, party. I'm inviting all 30 children in the classroom. 30 plus parents and siblings? Yeah. I'm like, here, come over. Damn. Well, that's a big party. Well, I also feel like not everyone's in Ezra because I don't show up to a lot of parties. <laughs> You never know. Um, maybe you might be the only one that doesn't show up. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe maybe it'll be like, I think everyone's going to come and it'll be like that kid in the picture that nobody shows up to his birthday party. Um, I didn't know his cousins are there. No, but like, you know, I think That's it'd so be a fun. great way to like interact with the parents and, you know, I'm going to invite the teachers. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have, I, I really want to have, because he's never had a party. So mm-hmm. here's the thing, like I, he's never You're had gonna a party. You're going to go all out? Va a haber magos, payasos? No. Va a haber grupo? <laughs> DJ, I am going to have a DJ. Yeah. Uh, no, but... Un know, teclado. He's in... <laughs> yes. But I haven't had a birthday party for him in three years, so this is mm-hmm. like his first actual birthday party. Yes. So, and I feel like he'll remember. Yeah, for and sure. And now he's asking, and he's asking What's for it. What's the theme? It. Oh, well, right now... <laughs> 
Right now, he says he wants Ben 10 everything. Oh, yes, well, I want, like, of course. A ben 10. Oh, my God. And can I please get the Ben 10? Um, Cake. Everything. Everything. Like, he wants, like, aliens. And he's like, but then I also want the superheroes. So I want, like, the superheroes. And then I want Ben 10. And then there's, like, Paw Patrol, too. That'd be so cool, mommy. <laughs> so, like, he's going, like, he just wants all out. So I had this idea of getting a lot of cupcakes and put them in different, like all the different, other different aliens and different mm -hmm. superheroes and different like Paw Patrol, like layers. Mm -hmm. So like the cupcakes are like all the characters and then having zero characters around the house. Do you know what I mean? Like not a theme party, mm -hmm. just like colorful. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then just like, true, focusing, true, true. Yes, yes, yes. And then just focusing on that theme, like in the cupcake. So it can be like a big cupcake installation, mm -hmm. take photos and then have all the kids choose Cute. their favorite thing. That's, sort of where I'm, that's where my head's at right now. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, nice. You're gonna have the bouncy house and the no. I don't need a bouncy. house Oh, you house. don't need a bouncy house. No. Are you gonna have a pool party? Yeah, I'm gonna heat. I'm gonna, <gasps> I'm gonna heat up. I'm gonna heat up the water. I'm gonna heat up the water. So if anybody mm -mm. wants to jump in the pool, they can. But we need to look. We need to hear back yeah. our to our swim special. Yes, I know. Need to buy I'm, a gonna, lot of I'm definitely gonna have to <laughs> hire like a lifeguard, uh, just in case. But just so the parents feel safe. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, yeah, just he has this little house. Oh, wow. Everything. It's going to be a party, party, party. He's never had a party. No, I mean, I'm glad he's finally having a birthday party. He's yeah. going to be super excited. His cousins are going to be so excited. And then too. he says, oh, my God, he's talking. He's like, all he says is like, mommy. On my birthday, can I eat all the candy I want? I'm like, yes. Because, you know, that's how I kind of limit his candy. I'm like, it's not your birthday. And he's like, I know, I know. The other day we were at, I forgot where we were. And somebody said, oh, honey, would you like some candy? He's like, no, not until my birthday. Oh, my God. He's and such I'm a like, good kid. Oh. <laughs> uh, but he's very excited. He says he's going to have candy since the morning night. Like, he's going to have candy all day. <laughs> He wants to have ben like that chorro. He wants to have Ben 10 everything. Mm. The rust bucket from, he's like, Mom, can I get the rust bucket that turns into like a whole thing? Can I have all the aliens in there? Yes, I'm so excited. I don't even know what that is, but this sounds pretty cool. Ben 10. <laughs> so exciting. Also, by the way, also Elizabeth's boyfriend's favorite show. <laughs> After he saw it at your house? Yeah, I remember on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, yes. He was yes. Like really into it. He was like, yo, this uh, this show is bomb. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's also meant for five-year-olds, for ten-year-olds. I mean, but, you have that theory of men. Yeah, but all men are the same. Mm -hmm. Like, all men just, they're just all children. So it makes sense <laughs> that they would really be into My husband, like, gift, gifted my son um, electric cars for Christmas, like, He gave, he bought two. He's like, oh, one for him. And then one for my friend comes over so they can share it. And I'm like, AKA him. AKA you. <laughs> so now like every time they have their mom, daddy and son time, all they do is like raise their electric Aww, cars. And my husband's so, so cute. excited. So cute. So cute. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I have two children at home. Anyway, we're getting, we're getting financially savvy. Yay. I cannot wait to hear this episode. You guys are going to hear the amazing, incredible Natalie Torres Haddad. Natalie drops so much knowledge. Hashtag money. Hashtag money, money, money. Money. Let's get wealthy. Let's get wealth. Let's create wealth. That's the only way we can systematically change the system, women. Yes. I think that's, I heard it somewhere. Do I sound smart? Take notes. <laughs> enjoy this episode. And without further ado, here is uh, Natalie Torres Haddad. Before we get started, I'm going to read a little bit about you, Natalie. Yes. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm going to read your bio because it's so, number one, inspirational. And for anyone, you know, just anyone listening, you just, people just have to know about you. So I'm going to say who you <laughs> <Thanks>. are. <laughs> Nali Torres, Haddad, <laughs> MPA, comma, AWA, and we get into that. <laughs> First American Latina immigrant TEDx speaker advocating on the importance of financial literacy and mental health titled The Foreign Language of Financial Literacy. You're an international award-winning author in the economics category for your first book in 2012, a bilingual podcast host of Financially Savvy in 20 Minutes, a real estate investor, and a workshop facilitator and international keynote speaker for financial literacy. <laughs> I know, that's so long. <laughs> Now, your activities have been featured in the Huffington Post, LA Times, LA Business Journal, and so many more. You're a first-generation college graduate with a degree in finance and international business and a master's in public administration. 
you live in LA with your husband and your two babies, your two puppies. <laughs> two You're puppies. a dog mama. Shout out. I have one dog and like, I want to kick him out of my house. <laughs> um, I feel that. As of last Thursday, your feature on 60 Second Docs have gone viral with over 600,000 views. As of like now, because I don't know when this airs. Yes, it'll probably crazy. reach over a million. <laughs> yeah, um, in one week. I'm like, what? Yeah, um, showcasing your story and how you focus on helping first-generation college grads and immigrants and Latinos to keep working towards their financial independence. And tell me who does not want to be financial independent oh my God. in 2019. Amen, Can please. I get an amen, please? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I want to be. What is MPA? Comma AWA. <laughs> yeah, so it's so funny. Thanks for the introduction, but it's like, like it's so always weird to hear yourself, uh, hear people say what you've been uh-huh. doing. Um, the MPA stands for the master's, which I got in public administration. And so that's one of the big honors when you've gotten your, your graduate's degree and then eventually those doctorates, you get to use those initials. Oh, so for kind of like PhD. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not as, 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 that's my next goal, the PhD for economics, but the MPA is such a, it's very empowering and a lot of people don't use their master's because not many people have a master's. We get mm-hmm. that. But for Latinos particularly, I think it's extremely important to have that uh, recognition on there because then it shows the discipline, the credibility yeah. and the years of research that you put into your own thesis and yeah. everything that you work 100%. for. So that's the MPA part. The AWA came um, in 2012 when I received the award for um, the international award books for my book on financially uh, financially savvy in 20 minutes. And that's just something they prepped us on. They're like the fact that you won something, won that award, you get that title of AWH as award winning author. Um, uh. Very few people get that. You can hear people say I'm the best selling author, which is completely different than an award winning author. Uh, so for me, it was like this huge honor just to be recognized or nominated. And then the fact that you get that title, it's kind of like you hear people say Dang. I'm an Oscar winner or nominee. They yeah. use the nominee for sure yeah. either way. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I would have done the AW nominee if that was the case, but I was lucky enough to win. So um, I get to use that as part of it. And they tell us, yeah, thank you so congratulations. much. Congratulations. We're do like little snaps and claps. Thank you. So did you have an experience in your life that made you passionate about sharing this information with others? Or what made you so, where did this like passion for finance literacy come from? You know, I think it starts at home. And for me, my parents were very supportive in the sense where education came like it was ingrained in us that we need to get some, whether it's college or in our own particular trade. But our my both my parents were like, you need to make sure you have everything you need before you settle down. And mm-hmm. this is a message I got really early on. My dad particularly, my mom for sure too, but my dad was like, I expect you to have your home, your education, your career, and accomplish some of your big dreams before you settle down. Yeah. And I remember oh, wow. hearing this and I, I wasn't even 15 and I'm like, dad, that's probably going to take me at least till I'm 30, you know, joking. <laughs> and he's like, fine. He's like, you have plenty of time. No need to rush into try to get married and that kind of thing. And I love that message because I thought every girl was getting that, that message pretty much. And mm-hmm. as until I got to college is when I realized, oh, I'm very unique in that sense. Yes. And mm-hmm. until this day, not so long ago, there was another conference I went to that I was speaking and this lady who was 84, came up to me and said, I'd never once heard that message. And her message alone was empowering, but I love that she said, this is something girls need to hear. And I'm so happy my granddaughter yeah. gets to hear that. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome because I just thought I was so fortunate to get that message. Yeah. I remember when we, uh, how we met was very like oh, yeah. funny. Like it was meant to happen. <laughs> it was meant to happen. Serendipitous. So, yeah. it, was, it, yes, was, it was. It was. I, I, I met this woman at, at my daughter's school and you know, we became friends. We did a vision board party for the school together, Monique. Yes, I love Monique, um, yeah. <laughs> and then one day she sends me an email and she says, hey, I think you guys should meet. And she sent me the email and I was looking through like a bunch of emails. <laughs> and I remember like when she introduced us at the bottom, there was a link to your video. And I never, cl- I told you, I never clicked on those videos. I'm like, I, I just need to like oh, read the, the email. TEDx video. Yeah, the TEDx video. <laughs> I never do. Like I never, you know, I just... But that night I, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like, this is awesome. Your TEDx video. And funny thing is like the next day you were supposed to be at the restaurant for a totally different thing. Yes. 
And then we connected in person. Yes. And I was like, you're supposed to be in my life. I I, I felt the <laughs> same way. I, obviously, I've been listening to you ladies actually for more than a couple of years, and I'll get to that in a second. But that email, I cracked, it cracked me up because it was the same week. That it same was the week. same I week. I think it was like on a Monday or Tuesday. Uh-huh. And he's been telling me, she's like, you have to meet this lady. I've been telling him, like, oh, that'd be great. Send me the intro. And then, and I'm like, why does her name sound familiar? <laughs> when I get the email, I go, wait, I was invited to this event at the restaurant yeah. on Friday. So I'm going to see her in a couple of days. And it was lovely to be able to actually meet in person. So. I know I love you know this is one of the things that I love the most about the podcast and I just being able to like meet so many great women like that have come into my life I think it's just a blessing and we love passing along to our listeners so yeah. when I saw your video and I I told my sister I was like we need to have her because this is so important we we don't learn about those kind of things growing yeah. up and it's very important it's a real real experience being here yeah. I first started listening to you ladies my husband and I had just bought our, our place together and my husband and I've been, we've been in the TCC journey, you know, trying to conceive in a while for a couple of <laughs> years now, more than a few years. But I started listening to you guys because I'm like, Oh, this is lovely. A, a podcast about being Latina, being a mom or just being trying to be a super mom pretty much. And uh, so I just started and I think it was like your early on episodes and I love the rawness <laughs> of it and I stuck to it. And I'm such a planner that I started listening to podcasts about being a mom. So I love that. So I'm, I'm prepared so for my doggies that I've had now for more than a few years. Um, so those dogs come around. Those dogs really do prepare you. Oh, good lord! <laughs> For they do. real. Um, so let's now that we're talking in a conversation like you're married and you know bringing your partner. How do we start a conversation about money with our partner? Uh, so it is an awkward situation. And how do we save money with our partner? <laughs> and should we combine bank accounts? Should we not? Oh yeah, let's get like into let's get gritty, into that about that. because I feel like so many households do it different ways, and yes. maybe you can talk about a couple options, best option, yeah. what you've heard in the streets, what yes. people do nowadays. What are the what are the young people doing nowadays? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what is our generation? Yes. Yeah. What, what did the generations do prior? Right. Um, that they did wrong, and we want to do right, or vice versa. But uh, I think the best best advice I've get, gotten from either my mentors or CPA, and like I tell people, consult with your CPA yeah. or your CFP because I'm not neither one of those people, but I want to make sure that I got as much information and what I can apply for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of starting off with the first question, it's always going to be an awkward situation, especially if we, as women too, weren't necessarily taught, hey, you need to bring up the conversation with yeah, your partner definitely. about money, right? Yeah. If anything, they'd be like, yeah, just... The, your partner will take care of you. That's mm-hmm. kind of a message mm-hmm. most yeah. of us get, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and even though my, I was gonna, my parents did ingrain that in me. My the rest of my family and friends weren't always right. I, I had some great support from both sides, but there was also kind of like the social setting that tells you, "Oh, don't worry, the, your partner will take care of you." I'm like, that's horrible message. First of all, <laughs> it's still it's, it's still happening, and nowadays. it's still it's yeah. so strong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, kind of reverting from maybe from the woman's perspective on when we should start having that conversation with our partner is as soon as possible when you start dating have that conversation on the second date. I remember having that conversation with my husband, who's my husband now. Um, but like, I mean, what'd you say? Like, you're you like, know, so do you have debt? What's your FICO yeah, score? Exactly. I wish I would have said the FICO <laughs> oh, score okay. and all that other stuff, but this is kind of how we had the conversation. And you know what? I think cause with him, it was different. I knew something about him. I'm like, dude, this, I, I'm, I really love him, you know? Um, uh, not, not on the second date. I didn't know about that. <laughs> I was like, on the second date. But you know, you start new on the second date, something's yeah, a little yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, him yeah. for many, we were friends for years prior. So I already knew this anyway. So, I remember the second date, ask, he was asking me questions. He already knew I was in, in, in the financial industry. But I was kind of like, what do you want to do with your life? You know, And not necessarily what's your five-year goal or anything. Like, Don't get that deep right, uh-huh. right into the conversation. But having that, like, what is it you want to do for yourself? You'll learn a lot about their family. If they're com- He comes from a big family, he's living at five. Um, uh-huh. Just kind of what are the expectations, education, career goals. And we were in our 20s too. So that was a great conversation to have yeah. right then and there because mm-hmm. we're planning our lives, right? And you are a planner. Uh, yeah. I love you. Oh, I am. Thank you. Um, and I don't know if that scared him too. Cause he's like, why are you talking to me? Like you're giving me your resume. I'm like, I've never done that before, but obviously I wanted yeah. to impress him. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he knew me. Um, and having that conversation is still awkward at times because guess what? Once you're in a marriage, once you have, you're dealing with family and situations, you're still having to have this conversation over and over. So perfect example. Elderly parents, my, my mother-in-law luckily is retired, but my, my father-in-law passed away years ago. And so there's always that conversation of, okay, 
when she's sick or needs something, you know, make sure I step in or he steps in. And I think that's such an important topic yes. too, because we even had that before we got married. I think we did it jokingly. He said, Hey, if uh, my mom needs to move in with us, you know, how do you feel about that? I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. Because guess what? That's definitely going to be the sick situation for my family. If my dad <laughs> or my mom need us, they can move in. Right. And, and I knew that was a partner that was willing to share that expense. Yeah. That's true. That's a good conversation to have. Absolutely. Before. And if you are dating someone or married to someone that has mm -hmm. student debt to have that conversation, because both him and I had student debt too when we started dating and so we had to be real about it. like hey you know what we don't have a lot of money because I still remember I'm like there was moments where I was paying $500 a month for my student loan and, oh, wow. and and it was like half of my rent at the time or sometimes yeah almost half of my rent and if I'm not real with someone about that yeah. and he also has his master's so it's like you're you're misleading saying yeah yeah I'm, i'm set up for life even if you have a good job but what we're seeing a lot of people that are graduating with higher education they're easily falling into six-figure debt oh yeah wow. so it's important yes. to have that conversation and the more we talk about it it becomes less shameful i'm not gonna lie and say it's been easy because even my husband still and i have our moments where i'm like oh do we have enough money or the holidays are coming up do we have you know mm -hmm. can we really do this or trying to keep up with our own family or friends mm -hmm. um, and i think Once you become more confident with yourself when it comes to what your priority and your goals are and your money goals are, you can learn to start saying no to the things that don't really mean to you, much that to you, I guess mean that much to you. So for me, perfect example, clothing isn't necessarily something I splurge on at all compared to other people. I love thrift stores. I love, you know, the fun um, boutiques that I rather go shop for. Mm -hmm. But I think... I know that for myself, I rather invest into my community or I rather invest into a property or I rather invest in myself or my family yeah. as opposed to spending to have something that's so flashy. And there's so many cool quotes. There's one that I always remember that it's like the the rich are the type of people that necessarily the wealthy are not necessarily flashy, but the poor will always be flashy. And I, and I, that stuck with me. I grew mm -hmm. up in Inglewood. So I knew that I remember people seeing you know, what I thought were fancy cars, which but they were leased and yeah. they rented and they didn't have a financial future, right? Majority. Yeah, sure. So um, you start to really see the difference between those that are really wealthy. You will never guess that they are. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, to start the conversation is have it today. If you're dating, if you're married, have that be like little by little, like, Hey, what do you want to do? You know, what's something, a project they might want to do, especially if you're a homeowner or planning to buy a home. Hey, that's a good conversation to have. Um, and yeah. what about checking accounts, like bank accounts? What do oh, you think yeah. it's the best way to combining bank accounts? Like, How, what is the most common? What do you see? And, you know, what, do you, what that, do you advise couples yeah. to do? So the best thing that I've come across people with, that I work with and, and mentors as well for myself too, it's having a joint checking account with your spouse and then having one for yourself mm -hmm. for women, especially, yes. uh, I know men get this, this message more too, but women need to hear this often where it's like, you need to have your own for, for many reasons. And I, I think one of my favorite ones that I used to hear Susie Orman say a lot and other people I is you have, right. I love her, right. You have to be able to have some type of independence for yourself. If your spouse gets hurt, passes away, if you get divorced, whatever it might be, are you okay to take care of yourself and your children, your family, right? And having, not to say you're going to spend your money on your own on, you know, things that you shouldn't be, but having that sense of the, your own account gives you mm -hmm. that sense of independence, some, some sign of confidence and a little bit, It gives you that hope that you need to like, you know what, we'll be okay. And then your joint account is always important to have too, because then you both know how much money you have mm -hmm. that's going towards your bills, your mortgage, towards investing, towards your emergency funds, all that stuff. Um, and I think it just brings more of a partnership to the relationship as opposed to be like, I expect you to pay all my bills. I expect you to take care of me the rest of my life. I mean, it's maybe it's nice if you have it like that too, but who really, I, for me, I always thought I wanted to make sure that I can take care of my family. Right. And, and, mm -hmm. and if he were to get sick or pass away and that kind of thing. And so, or laid uh, off or laid off. Absolutely. And we see that happening right now mm -hmm. too, or all the time where we don't, ex we don't run into those unexpected emergencies. And yeah. I went through that during grad school. I lost my job. I was running a, a full nonprofit of many years. And so you have all the, and I had a home too. So I had a mortgage. So all these financial responsibilities and it was just me. And I, I wanted to prove to myself that I can handle that on my own. I also think so, that yeah. um, one of the like real things that happen out there and I've seen with younger, like when people get together really young is that at some point, Um, some of the girls feel like they can't leave a certain type of relationship because they're not, they don't have their own money. Yeah. You're going to make me cry right now thinking about this. So I just had this conversation because in March we have this report that comes out every year in California. And I believe it's a St. Mary's college that takes it out where it's the statistics of 
women. I love how it broke it down, not just for women in general, but they broke it down to demographics, um, race, education. And the most alarming ones that really hit me were one out of five women live below the poverty level. Mm -hmm. And then I believe Latinas was one out of four. Um, And you look at it even closer, it'll go over saying that Maybe that one out of four is maybe she has a job and is educated but can't afford to leave the spouse because yeah. they they rely on both incomes. And in yeah. LA, that's very yeah. common. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. So that's- I feel also a lot of girls rush into relationships mm-hmm. and to moving in with their boyfriends. Oh, yes. Because it's like they're going to save on rent. Yeah. And, and then it's, it's like, like well, mm, take your time with that. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, we, can we have another conversation on that? Because yeah. sure, I get, you can save some money. I totally get that. But you also need time for yourself yeah. to, you know, find <laughs> out. What do you like yeah, and don't you like? But it's like a very LA thing because it's so oh, expensive. Yeah. And, and not just LA, but any, New York and any big city, cities. Yeah. Any big city where rent is just absolutely crazy. You and know? then you feel stuck in a relationship because you can't afford to find a place right away. So, yeah. so I think that's also kind of that topic where have something for yourself that mm-hmm. you know you could be okay. It, It'd be great if you have roommates or, you know, you can be with your person, but make sure you're okay with that sense because then you feel like my dad used to say, end up with someone out of out of choice not out of necessity oh, and i love right. that right preach, preach dad right yeah so i think uh kind of going back to that subject where you know looking at this report and, and not even we don't even have to look at reports if we look at people in our own yeah circle a circle i mean the stuff that they've gone through the sacrifices i was so fortunate enough in high school i remember two moms that i they were like my favorite moms and i saw how much my parents sacrificed together to mm-hmm. make my brother and i be able to do whatever we needed to do but i remember when her husband passed away when she was um, her kids were in middle school my you know they're my age and luckily sh- they had something set up so she was still working but enough that she was okay to take care of her kids yeah and another was a divorced mom and even she was also smart. I think she was an accountant at the time too. So I saw how luckily and fortunate they were, but I knew a lot of my other friends that came from single parent family homes or it was just so much difficulty and it cycles. So now yeah. you're repeating the same issues that your parents had because there was no real guidance there too. And obviously it was hard to. Okay. Well, let's shift the conversation into budgeting. Ooh, budgeting. Right? Because yes. what conversation, what good is a conversation with your partner. So your partner's not very savvy. You, of course, are. <laughs> um, and now you're talking about, okay, what is our plan? Let's start to budget. Okay. So then at this point, how do you budget? How, what are some like tips you can recommend? Apps, just like a very functional income expense report for your household. I mean, yes. how do you keep track of everything? You know, what's the best way? Yes. And also, and also, what I hear a lot from people is how do you expect me to save when I'm barely living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck? Like how I can't, like I just Mm -hmm. cannot do it. So how can we, get there take ourselves take, over that yeah, so first we need to do multiple episodes because there's yeah. so much to go into I know, but I, know, I think I, know. I like how you just said let's hit some of the points so first off with the word budgeting I know most people hate that word too because they think of the word like diet like mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you feel so limited so you know what it help people usually say don't say diet just say you're eating healthier you're cutting certain mm. foods that you're not necessarily so I'm, I think of the same thing with budget spending healthier yeah or you're just <laughs> having a more balanced uh, you know, financial goals that you have for That's yourself. That's true. Right? So financial, financial, financially balanced meal. I love that. Oh, I love that. So yeah, we have to start using that because in terms of food, I mean, restaurant people, so you know, so <laughs> I think the biggest thing that start looking at as a budget, but to start looking at and said, in a sense where, where are you spending the most money that you can cut out? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like cutting out the mm-hmm. fat, right? So I think it's, most people tell me like, well, everyone's telling me that I need to, you know, stop doing this all of a sudden, like cold turkey. And I'm like, that's not helpful because right. chances are in two days, you're going to go back, fall off that and mm-hmm. overspend or you go are binge or take that trip to Target and <laughs> yeah. visit Amazon.com. Like, exactly. Or if you're going through an emotional rut or something that's, that's happening, like, we can talk about that in another one too. I mean, you hear people talk about retail therapy. Mm-hmm. That's another horrible thing to say. <laughs> you should not have retail therapy, but what I think if you can start looking at having that, like, what's a healthy meal with your finances, right? So, uh, for example, I talk about it in the of my book is those runaway little spendings that you don't know that maybe a few dollars can actually trickle down to thousands of dollars. So mm-hmm. I use the example of the meal a day. Um, there's just so many great books like David Bach has a great one and he talks about the cafe latte factor. So for me, it's a meal a day. The reality is most of us, especially in, in big cities like LA, mm-hmm. we're going to spend possibly one meal out. So it might be breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And let's True. use this example 
example, for lunch, you're out, you're working and you decided to get your, you know, meal that might cost $10. That's your drink, your chips, your sandwich, whatever. $12 in LA. With 20, yeah, 12 or 20 bucks. Let's be honest, right? And then if you're with your family, your kids, let's not even Mm, go into that. Let's just go with yourself. For yourself, let's say. And we're going to do a round number 10 bucks, right? So, and and this is helpful for people that are just like, oh yeah, 10, I can do that. So what happens is you think $10 is not a big deal. So you do $10 for five days, you know, Monday through Friday. And you're like, 50 bucks, okay? It's not that damaging, but it starts to trickle. And Mm -hmm. so within a month, you end up spending $200 because you're like, wow, Monday through Friday, there goes those 50 bucks, 200 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. You multiply that by 12 and you're looking at close to $2,400. And I'm being really conservative because you're way, way, way exactly. So, but I see your eyes already like 2,400. So if we really break it down and double it and say, okay, $20 a month, or we include weekends, what happens on the weekends? We totally overspend because we might have family events or we're taking everybody out to eat or we're out for partying. So those $2,400 from that $10 is really what happened. All of a sudden you trickled that away. So if you can figure out if there's something that you feel is not really a, a necessity it's more of a luxury True. cut out once a, once a week so when i tell people about the meal a, a meal a week and say you know what can you do with one day a week that you don't buy your food and they're like okay mm. yeah i can do ten dollars that i won't and that ten dollars put it towards your saving whatever you're going to do with it right and then once they get that in motion, can you do two days? Sure. Monday and Friday, I will bring in my leftovers or whatever it is. Okay, two days. And then you slowly start working to the point where you know, you know what, three days a week, I can pack my own lunch and save a lot more money as opposed True. to those $20, $10 that you're spending daily. So you start to trim these little areas that you thought, oh, it might not be so much, but it can go a long way. Mm-hmm. So those extra few thousand dollars that you found because of your meal, or your coffee can go a really long way. Um, secondly, you mentioned just kind of that whole how do you even keep a track of everything? Because it's true. Yeah, it's it's yes. very overwhelming. I mean, I'm overwhelmed by it. Like, I don't expect people, people are like, oh, you're you're good with your family. I'm like, it's overwhelming. Now there's so many apps. I mean, thanks to Venmo and Cash App and all these things, we can help each other by, hey, I'll pay for that meal or whatever it is. But it's also much more difficult to keep a track of everything. True. It's also way easier to spend money. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Like yes. Apple Pay is like real. Like, oh, yeah. I can, I can just, it, they make it so easy <laughs> for you to spend. <laughs> spend money nowadays so oh easy you you and you don't even notice and you don't and and that's the that's one of the things that becoming aware and, and we call it being mindful of what you're doing is really important and i think it takes more discipline and i think our generation doesn't necessarily get the props for it that we're dealing with a lot of technology that yeah. is taking away our money too and for kids nowadays you even go to with high the schools, apps even buying the apps oh my god oh yeah you have to buy the apps right or <laughs> yeah. you see kids that are ordering food from pizza to their high schools now right because they have this app um and so Ugh. they're not being taught my how to son balance. just downloaded three apps on my apple tv oh, games <laughs> And yeah. I was like, what did you just do? You just right? spent yeah. $15. Like yes, that. I'm yes, like, oh. yes, like yes. what the? And they know it's how like, to target. Yes. I mean, look at commercials. They know how to target to children. It, that didn't start until they started noticing, hey, kids are going to tell their parents, buy me that toy. Well, so, before it was easier because my parents would be like, no tengo dinero. And yeah. that was it. <laughs> yeah, but now they just click a button. Now they know how to. And they, yep. they, they, my kids have done that too. I put all the locks on my, on all devices because they were purchasing smart, it, you know, uh, purchasing apps in apps upgrades all these things because they were like oh cool 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 so we can get into that and how kind of i think that's definitely something we'll get into is like how do you help your kids deal with that too because if they're not earning money they have no idea how much money is really worth right Um, but But do you have an app that you like right now for budgeting tracking with everything that's out there yeah there's is there like a couple of favorite ones that you have should we just go old school and like sell sheet like should we oh, do you like you can't go old school like what there's old school excel sheet old school um or there's a piece so of many paper great workshops like what is the write thing you down. recommend write it down so okay. first some some apps and i'm not getting paid by any of these so i should be getting <laughs> that but i think my the easiest ones because i'm not tech savvy so i think it's what people can look at excel is always great mint.com is always great charlie is another awesome one that keeps a track of everything too so i think being able to if you need to go old school go old school because what happens when you start writing it down and we had this conversation you really get to see what you're spending so mm-hmm. here's a challenge i'd love to give everybody especially it's 2019 and everyone's like i want to get my money straight for the next 30 days if you can do at least 30 days because they say in order to form a new habit mm-hmm. right you need to see what you're doing right so those 30 days write every single thing down and everything that you spend money on so whether it's coffee at the 
vending machine or whatever, get a receipt and write it down. Sometimes they don't give you a receipt, write it down in a little notebook that you'll carry with you. The whole point is that you're keeping a track of how much you're spending on gas, on every little thing that you spend, even the stuff that you automatically do. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you end up figuring out like, wow, I had no idea I spent so much on snacks or I had spent so much on gas here when I didn't really need to or whatever it might be. And those 30 days, you get a chance to be honest with yourself. You guys ever try to do a diet or, or been really disciplined with some, you know, health regimen. And within the first week, your, your person will tell you, your trainer, write everything down. What happens the first week? Well, I'm not going to eat ice cream or pizza because I got to write it down. Right. But the second right. week comes and you're like, ah, whatever. I give in and you start eating what you normally do. So that's, that's why true. I would say it's best to do at least 30 days. If you can that's do true. longer, even better, especially around the holidays, because then you can really see how much you're spending. Um, so going old school, there's nothing wrong with it. I have some of my mentors that write every single thing down. And a lot of them are multimillionaires. And it's because they're like, our brains are still conditioned yeah. to write things down. Yeah. Um, and I think for us, our generation, we weren't even taught to check a balance book. I mean, be able to balance a checkbook, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. um, most teachers don't know how to do that too. And now we don't even use checks. So I think that becomes a lot more difficult and having that conversation, of how do we keep a track of things? So one, the best thing I can tell you is limit the amount of apps you're using. If you have too many apps, if you have too many open uh, apps that you're using to send out money to people, one, make sure you know how you're tracking those or just eliminate to make it simple. Start off with one, make yourself a little bit easier. And the sense second is most of us get bank statements or online credit card bills uh, by paper mm -hmm. is the best way to do it, not That's by email. And me, I yes. told you that because it was really difficult. Most people are like, well, it, the bank doesn't, it's going to charge me if I do that, or they just don't necessarily give me that option. Or I thought it's best to just not have all that paperwork. First of all, the banks are selling you on, uh, on a fake myth. You're not saving trees. You're really not saving yourself what you think you might be. What happens is it becomes spam. You get these emails that here's your bill. Here's your, your statement for the month. And you're not even going to look at it. So if you have it written out like every month that you're going to take that, maybe we have time to go through that exercise, but look at every single statement and go through each line item to really see what you're spending. Um, and it becomes so habitual that we can do that. And I think it's, it's so hard when I hear people say, but I like the online stuff, but I go, are you really looking at every item? Are you even opening that email? Chances are you're not because it becomes more spam. Mm -hmm. So having it all in paper, which we call it old school, you can say is more than okay for you, especially if you're not conditioned to look at at how and every statement's different too. They like to trick you and think, oh wait, does that mean I have a credit or does that mean I'm already negative something, right? So it, be careful how you look at each statements because if you read it, read through each one. You should be. Yeah, that's yeah, you. Uh, she was telling me that um, most a lot of the times there's a lot of mistakes that the banks make and oh. a lot of credit cards make and yes. they, they they charge you, but because it's so easy to just do out of pay or just pay it, you don't realize, mm -hmm. right? And then there's a lot of people that um, are just overpaying every month on things unless you actually check it. Yeah, either. I don't like the auto pay option. Um, if I know for some people you, they need it because they're like, I'm going to be late, at least your minimum payment, right? Mm -hmm. But it's important exactly not having that because then you can see, oh, well, they, they charge me for these fees or this vendor over double charge me. It happens mm -hmm. all the time. Um, and you can dispute those prices and dispute those charges. Excuse me. So I think it's, it's important to have kind of that moment where you just sit down and go through each light item and taking that time after a while, it gets really easy where you're like, oh yeah, that's a normal cost. Um, and I think that's something that y you can take the time to do so. I want to talk about something that you showed me when I went to see you, mm -hmm. when you were saying how people hate that just, sitting down and look at numbers, right? It's <laughs> yes. so stressful. So can you talk about the recommendations that you gave me when, yeah. when doing that? Yeah, we're going to have to do this video style next time so you can show your, your your people that are listening because when we met, we met for an hour and it's just kind of, I walked her through the process. I'm like, bring your statements, bring everything that mm -hmm. you have um, as far as bills. And I want to talk to you how you're going to start paying your bills. And it's going to be fun for you. She's like, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, but more importantly, I wanted to become a place that it didn't become so stressful mm -hmm. for you because it, it becomes stressful. We know, yeah. especially when you don't have a job and we'll talk about that in a minute. But so what I walked her through and said, OK, now you she's already did the the pre-work, which she got rid of all her spam mail. Mm -hmm. Right. And I say do that every day. Get rid of all that spam mail that comes into you and then just keep your actual bill. So it doesn't feel so overwhelming. I know a lot of people like to stack them all in one place and then they say later they're going to get rid of all their spam mail. No, do it every day because then it doesn't become overwhelming. And then you look back and you're like, oh, only 10 statements, whatever it may be. Right. So I always tell my husband too, we're like, 
they, he knows when it's time to pay bills, right? Because I have my candle and I recommend like something like lavender candle, whatever you like, which is like, comadre has like the best candles, right? So you have your candle that's relaxing, have music that you like and is going to calm you down. Now, I tell people, don't put like house or something that's going to get you pumped up. <laughs> <House>. <laughs> because what happens is you have Beast your... mode. Yeah, right? <laughs> you have your natural adrenaline because you're like, oh my God, I'm paying bills right now. So what happens is you sit down Hey, mamas. <laughs> so you're going to sit down. I know, right? I love it. She's the cutest little thing. Um, you, she can come to my job. I mean, anything <laughs> that makes it easier. So you're sitting down and you have this music that's going to relax you because your adrenaline's already coming. Like, oh my God, I'm paying my bills. And then on top of that, I love having tea and I had her mm -hmm. try some of the spice tea, which is awesome. And caffeine-free Caffeine-free, absolutely. No coffee, no caffeine. <laughs> Thank you, no caffeine. Um, I love the smelly tea and it's my go-to tea, right? Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're creating this spa-like environment and it feels like, oh, I'm, I'm feeling good right now, right? And so your mindset is coming into the place of paying your bills in a completely different yes. matter as opposed to panic Stressful. mode or what's yeah, the stress, yeah, you know? Definitely. And so I had her go through that and just kind of like, okay, we're going to start looking at your statements and we're going to go through each item and figure out what, you know, where you're spending or you're uh -huh. overspending or what interest we can negotiate on your credit cards and all that. So just having that mentality change. And then the best part is the way after you're done with paying your bills. And this would only take maybe half an hour, maybe an hour in the beginning as you get used to this. And you only do this twice a month. If you could mm -hmm. do it more awesome, but just take that time for yourself. And then when you're done, reward yourself and don't reward yourself going shopping, shopping crazy, <laughs> but something like for me, it's my chocolate, like chocolate. Oh yeah. Your dark chocolate, but something that you only do because you're rewarding yourself for the task you just did with paying your bills. So for me, it's like taking a bath or those $20 massage, you know, food massages. I love those or getting ice cream, something that, you know, is just for that. And you're like, Oh, I just, I did something good. Yeah. And if you want it, I always say include your kids in that process too. So this is a really difficult one. And I know I get a lot of backlash on that, especially when I have these PTA conferences and I tell them, I go, look, you start to bring your kids into the conversation as early as possible. Yeah. They get to see that this is a fun and a fun mm -hmm. activity you're going to do together and begin and, a healthy relationship. With oh yeah. Money. And you know what? They start feeling involved in the process and be like, look, and what I told her with your bill, I go, look, this is really difficult, but let's look at a bill. And you tell your kids, say, Hey, because we have this bill, that means we have to pay electricity. We're thankful we have electricity today. We're thankful we have to pay this rent or mortgage because we have a roof overhead. And every time we pay a bill, we're helping other people that have a job as well. Right. And so sure. you, you start to show them gratitude. Mm -hmm. You start to show them responsibility. You're like, Ooh, you know what? This month, maybe we can't go to the theme park that you Chuck wanted to exactly because <laughs> we have to pay for this or we had an unexpected amount. And so they begin to really process and understand that. And kids sure. are really smart. The younger they start, the better. Mm -hmm. Um, if I could share with you, I think one of the funniest things that I was a aha moment for me is I have a girlfriend who's Korean. And she's like, oh, yeah, when we were, oh, when we were little, um, she's like, yeah, my parents would put us, and this is a very common, I believe in her family too, is where they would go and take Saturday or Sunday classes of four hours of math before they were even five. Oh, and I'm like, four hours of math on the weekend? And for us, it was like, maybe soccer was on the weekend, you know? And she's like, oh, yeah. So what happens is they become smarter and faster because they understand math at a younger age. So by the time they're in so junior high, sense. they're in algebra. And I used to hate that stereotype. They're like, oh, Asians are always good with money. I'm like, well, it's because you start smart young. It's True. a lot easier to understand. It's like learning a foreign language. Yeah, so um, sure. I think getting your kids involved in that fun process can be, you know, just that. And, and for her, I think I remember she walking away like, whoa, this is a whole different experience. And I even said, do that for your business. It'll make the yeah. world of a difference of kind of like, hey, and no interruptions. That was a big key where I told her, I'm like, especially if you have employees or people coming in, put up a sign. You're like, for this time, one hour, half an hour, no, yeah. no bugging me because I need to get this done yeah. and have it in a place where you're just like, if you have a humidifier, <laughs> you know, get the instant oils, whatever you want, but make it that spa-like experience because you come from a place of gratitude and you're leaving with, I'm grateful or you know what, I'm going to hustle more this month because yeah. I did well you know and I'm helping up. other people. You guys hire so many, you have so many employees in your businesses and I think that's something that's beautiful that you can say, I'm paying bills because I help other families thrive as well. Yeah. So kind of going back to the how to make it easy so start off with that someone can do that easily i love the all of those tips now let's talk about debt how do we get out of debt how do we fix credits um how do you fix a credit like what do you have to do to fix your credit um and like a big question that we got from that we're getting from a, a lot of people speaking of student debt 
a lot of people are like, should I pay off my student loans before saving down for a payment on a house? Or should I, should I just spend all my money paying off the debt and have zero like savings? Can we talk a little bit about yeah. debt? So I believe every situation is different, right? So it's important to have like that one-on-one with that person and, and talk to your CPA and figuring out kind of what's best. But I think, especially it depends where you live too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for us in LA, it's, it's like, it's really, an ex- it's really expensive to buy a home, right? So we have to think of the long term of figuring out how much debt do you have? How much student debt do you have? How much do you need to pay it down, right? Would it take five, 10 years? What's the interest rate on it? And then also looking at, how much can you save towards your home? So um, just saving. If you can start saving 10% of everything that you make, mm-hmm. it can trickle down to so much more. And here's a perfect example. And I always tell this is perfect for kids too. It's like if your kid gets like $20 for your birthday or they find a dollar on the street or a quarter, whatever, start teaching them to do this. Save 10% of everything that they get and make. What happens is it starts to teach them a new habit. And so every time they get paid, they're like, ooh, 10% goes to me first. So what happens is a majority of society and the way we're conditioned is that we're supposed to get paid. And guess what? We pay our our, our rent, our mortgage, our utilities, basically all the necessities, and then whatever's left over is for me. That's completely the opposite of what we should be doing. Yeah. So having that 10% can allow you to just say that 10% can be towards your saving, um, your retirement, or you're saying like, or use another 10% for your house. So you can use that percentage and say, okay, you know what? It's going to be a little bit easier for me to make sure I'm still paying down my debt. Mm-hmm. And then if you can pay off your debt first, go for it. There's a great um, documentary. I think it's out already. It's fire, which talks about getting rid of all your debt prior and living below your means. But I think it's more important too to have a balanced life because let's be real. And, and because we're in LA, we know our reality as opposed to other cities in New York can totally testify as well is that our San our, Francisco, San Francisco, <laughs> actually anywhere in California, right? Is our rent is ridiculous. It, I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous. ridiculous. Let's just be honest. And so if we can figure out how to balance it and say a portion will be for our necessities, a portion is for myself and a portion is for that future home, you know, rental property. It allows us to just kind of still pay down our debt, but at the same time also allow us to save something at the same time. And I think that's so important because I hear people, well, I don't have a job or I just lost my job or how can I still make any money or save any money when I could barely make it because I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that mentality knowing that, you know what, can you do 10% of a dollar? Yeah. Right. Can you do 10% of a hundred? Yeah. And it's so important to start off as wherever you are, if you have no job and you're like, wait, let me look at my piggy bank. Can I do 10 cents of that? 10% of that? Mm -hmm. Start doing that because what happens is you functionally start teaching yourself this new habit that will trickle down. It's the beautiful thing about compounding interest, which we can talk about later. But it's, I always explain, it's like, it's your babies making babies for you. You want money to make money for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So people, and you hear that all the time, but it's like, where should we put that 10%? Should we put it in a checking account? Should we put it, should we invest it somewhere? Should we put it in the stock market, index funds, mutual funds, there's stock? Like, there's like, so many, right? There's so many things. <laughs> like when is the best time to shift from saving to investing? Like, you yeah. know, what, what is like, I have the 10%. Let's say I'm making a hundred dollars. So I have yeah. $10. So should I just, savings account? No, with, and, and it, you know, and it like savings <laughs> accounts pay nothing. So exactly. where should those $10 go? So first off, there is the difference. Be- I like how you're saying the difference between the checking and the savings account. Um, the saving account, you're not making any money. It's like less than a 0.010%, right? It's like, <laughs> unless you have it. ally, which I do. And it's like 2%. <laughs> ally is a little better, right? But, but the reality is it's not right. It's almost, it's devaluing actually, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think it's, it's like below be inflation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what's happening to my money, right? So that's something to start off and teaching ourselves like, okay, then are we going to invest in stocks? There's a cool one that you can listen, especially for women. It's girls on the money and she does the stocks and she talks about all like, like what's the difference between, because that's a whole nother language. And so right. for me, I don't even pretend to be like, Oh yeah, this is the best to invest in. I love to refer people that are specialized in it. For me, it's like real estate. Let's talk about that. Right. Um, so for me, it's, it's understanding that if you're going to do, t- you already, let's say you are doing the 10%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then figure out, and you can talk to wealth managers. You can talk to CFPs as well. Um, is it going to be stocks that you're going to start? And granted, their interest rate too is not necessarily like you're gaining so much. And that's why a lot of people prefer at least the real wealth and the people mm-hmm. that I associate with and know. And, and they'll tell you real estate is the one that will bring you the most income, which we call the return on income, right? ROI. Right. And so when you start understanding that you can save 
10% and use that towards something that's going to make you money in the long run. Like my first place, um, I, I tell this story, the first place that I lived in by myself, I actually got a roommate and luckily my roommate was paying for my mortgage because it was a two bedroom, one bath condo. And I was, I got it a great deal and I'm like, well, you know what? I could technically live by myself, but it's going to be so much easier with the roommate yeah. and it allows me for unexpected yeah. expenses. My, my ceiling had caved in before it even closed. So let's just put it this way. It was a fixer upper. Um, it was an amazing deal, but. I had to teach myself that and be like, okay, that money that I'm saving that I would have most likely be spending towards the mortgage, I'm going to be using it to buy something else in the future. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So for those that are at home, maybe living at home with their parents or with their spouses, I'm like, if I can use that 10% towards something else, yeah. keep that in mind. Right? And what what is like, what is the best first purchase as an investment that you would recommend at real estate? Duplex, fourplex, regular, live-in home. What do you recommend? I think recommendation, you could do a duplex, even great. But in LA, I know we that that's always kind of the difficulty for me. Rental property is best than your own place. And mm-hmm. here's the reason why. When you say rental property, you mean like a single home? Or? So it could be a single. So there's residential and there's Condo. commercial, right? So it has to be residential, which is under four units, right? So some people have fourplex, duplex, or a duplex, right? And it could be a single residence as well. What I mean, rental property means that you don't necessarily live in there. You can. Some people actually have a few friends that did that. They lived in a place and they rented out their four rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more of a rental income and they knew it wasn't necessarily they're going to live there forever, right? Some of us don't have that luxury. If we want to buy, my first place was a rental income out of state because it was so much cheaper. I, 20% mm. of a hundred thousand is a big difference in 20% of a, a million, million dollars here in LA. We <laughs> yeah. know a million does not go very far, right? So for me, that's what I knew I could afford. How and, do you do that when you don't live in the city? You just... Ah, so, Part of my background, I worked for a real estate development firm for many years, so I learned a lot about property management. Mm-hmm. So that's something I always tell people. If you're going to buy a rental property, you have to have a good property management company that's going to do it for you. And you should know something about it too. And I think that's where a lot of people lose a lot of money. They either mm-hmm. have poor managers mm-hmm. or they don't know the area, right? Take the time to go out and fly out there for a weekend and see what what cities and, you know, learn about the market you're going to invest in. Um, and so for me, I had to do the research for me that it took me at least two years to buy, find my first place. Mm-hmm. So, um, and when you find the right management company has all the system in place. And for me, since I did it for almost seven years, I learned so much of the administrative side where I'm like, Oh, this is the difference between a good property management company and one that has no clue and doesn't know how to, um, and the way I always saw it too, I always wanted to have a place that I knew I would feel comfortable living in. So make sure you have people that can, you know, guide you along the way. So a rental property is necessarily not your own place. And the reason why it's difficult for a lot of people to hear that, because as Latinos, we're taught to like, Hey, buy your own house. That's the dream first. Like not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we want to invite our family and our friends to come over to our house when we got it we're, or we have to fix it. Mm-hmm. We're spending so much money into this house. It's not really an asset for us. It's a liability because we have to pay it in the long run. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it makes it a lot easier in order to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to put that towards a rental property, fix that property up, and it's going to be actually bringing me income monthly. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's, and I'll be honest with you guys, my very first check that I got from a rental income was $50, about $50. This was after insurance is paid, any maintenance and all that stuff. And I'm like, $50 is not a lot, right? But I was so excited because I was like, oh, this is real. This is actual yeah. you know, money I didn't have to work for. And then when it increased to $200 and then 1000 makes the big difference that I'm like, this is something that comes a month that I don't have to worry about. Passive right? income. Having yeah. to be able to, mm-hmm. yeah, the passive income, rental income that comes in every month. So um, I think that's the powerful part. And so for someone that's starting off and they're like, oh, I'm barely breaking even and making a few dollars here and there then it's like figure out what what you could do to improve that but also that know that in the long run being able to yeah. make those right decisions and finding the right place to buy is huge and when to buy is huge too because <laughs> our cycle is changing and for those that are listening that don't know um there everything happens in cycles there's so many research and books about this and we're about to enter another one, actually, technically, uh, by the end of next year, actually, end of this year. So it's important to understand when is the best time to buy and when is the worst time to buy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're buying low, great, you know, because then you have that. And for us, we saw the market crash in 2008 and people feel like, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm like, everything happens in cycles. And so it's important to understand when the best deal is. Thank you. Oh my gosh, wow. we can talk to you forever. I know. We <laughs> need to get to our Suprema Tipper pick of the week. Yes. Um, take a break and then come back. But thank you so much. This was, oh my gosh, we need to have you back. I know. So much <laughs> information. <laughs> and I know. <laughs> 
Hey, Supermamas, Paulina and Brisa here. We just want to remind you to rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, have you seen us rocking our Supermama swag? Well, we want you to join in. Use promo code SMPODCAST at checkout on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off your next order. Again, that's code SMPODCAST on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off. Okay, now back to the show. Um... So we're back again. We can talk to you forever. Uh, but before we get to our Superman Picker Tip of the Week, we have to mention a few things that are happening in your life in the coming month and weeks. So you have a book coming out in February. Yes, you can without, without Superman. Superman. I love that name. You also have a free financial literacy conference on February 10th at UC Berkeley. Yes. And they can find that on Eventbrite, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, and then you also have a Financially Fit workshop coming up on February 2nd. Yes, Financially Fit Foundation. It will have a series. And so February 2nd is definitely a place they can go to. Pasadena. In Pasadena. My like next door hood. <laughs> um, so this is a value of $500 and you're raffling off two free attendance tickets, two free tickets yes. to attend. And it'll change your life because it's, my mentor is the one that started this foundation. So I, I've taken the workshops and I'm like, tell oh me my what, tell me, tell me what can they expect. And, and then we'll tell you guys how to win tickets. But yeah. tell me, like, what can people expect at this Financially Fit Foundation workshop? So imagine having that one-on-one, just like we had the conversation of the things that we're doing wrong with our habits, that mm-hmm. making it fun. And in a sense where it's not boring and dense. And I think that's so it's important. So you just show up. You don't have to share your statements or your, you know, your credit score and all that. It's learning <laughs> So we, we don't show up with like our bag full you of paperwork. Okay. You can if you'd like to, but you don't need to. You basically are going to show, they're going to show you how to, Break down your balance, how you're going to budget yourself, and how to Ooh, really just ha- how to just figure out what new habits you need to incorporate. Um, and I mean, learning a new diet. It'll change. Oh yeah, it'll change <laughs> your life. Trust me. <laughs> um, so we're offering. We I'm all. We are offering. <laughs> you are offering fifty percent discount to our listeners only. Yes. With the code Supermamas yes. upon purchasing. Yes. But you're also raffling up t- two tickets. Yes. Valued at five hundred dollars. So. Check it out, Super Mamas. We tell you how to win these tickets, and you guys, I mean, take advantage. Please, it's really easy <laughs> to win. So enter um, once this episode airs. So today, right now, yes. Go on Instagram, go at underscore Super Mamas um, on the post where we talk about Natalia. Please write down your favorite tip of the episode or your favorite moment of the episode, your favorite mic drop moment of the episode, your favorite thing she talked about. Just write it out. Um, and then we will select two winners at random. Can I so enter right this? now, yes. stop what you're doing. <laughs> if you're driving, pull over. Just like swerve yeah. to the side. <laughs> exit the next exit. In a safe manner. Stop please. in a safe manner. If you're washing the dishes, if you're working out, if you wherever you're listening to our beautiful, incredible voice, stop right now. Go on Instagram. Check out our post about Natalia and tell us what was your favorite moment of the episode. See Sabina, I mean six says already <laughs> our what new podcaster. She, what? she is already she's, so she's like, I like point the tip about retail therapy um and you also have your annual mindfulness event yes on march 3rd it's our annual event and uh, last year sold out so this year i'm sure it'll be the same way and it's that's going to be in casaic so for those that are past santa clarita area it's a beautiful estate so it'll be awesome oh and you're also offering a hundred dollars off you are just giving away stuff you're like you're like our oprah if i'm if i'm going to yeah right you get one, you get one. I really want to make sure that people, I, I hate using the excuse or hearing the excuse too that I don't have the money. Okay, oh, well, if you yeah. don't, guess what? That was my, that's still my day all the time. Like, I don't have the money. How can I make this happen? So I'm trying to make it as, as feasible and inexpensive for people to be yeah. able to do that. That's great. Um, And you're uh, promoting $100 off the price. Also, Coat Super Mass on Eventbrite. You are incredible. You're giving us so much. I mean, that's already amazing tips, but do you have one last tip that you can leave us with? Leave us with. Yes. I know everyone's talking about their one word for 2019, but I think, and this is something I say all the time, you can have fun, be fabulous and frugal. 
And I know you saw it on your way out. Ooh. And so in my office, that's a bit my favorite thing that I see. So if your one word needs to be something in addition to whatever you chose for 2019, make it frugal. Ooh, because I love frugal. that. Making that choice can make the world of a difference for you and your family. So be frugal. Yeah. <laughs> Preach, sister. Uh, does Sixta have a pick of the week? Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I prefer the right chi chi over the left one. She says, no socks. That's her tip. No socks. Uh, Sixta does have a tip for you guys. Um, I actually uh, listened to a few episodes of the Susie Orman oh, yeah. podcast. Yeah. And that woman is incredible. Mm-hmm. She is. Hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> she says it like it is. Yep. But she gets to the point and she's like, like you say, there's no excuses. Uh-huh. She's like, no excuses. You can be, you know, you can do this. And like, she talks about, especially for women, like women yes. financials for women. We need and that. And she talks about a lot of that, like the independence that women need to get and like the things that happen, um, when you, when you are not independent financially. Yes. So that's my tip. I think you guys should listen. Go check out a few of her episodes. Yeah. She has a few seasons. And, you know, um, I heard her episode. The first time I heard her was on Oprah. Um, mm-hmm. Oprah oh, yeah. had her. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. So go check it out. The Susie yeah. Armin show. And for, if people want more advice to it, um, at certain podcasts, I have a tons of money podcasts and that I recommend. So if you're a woman, if you're I feel like kids, that should be like a blog post on superamas.com. Oh, yeah, awesome. um, we're going to interview you and have you give us what are your top best and easy like five ones. or, you know, that <laughs> yeah. financial like podcast that we can listen to. Yeah. That would be amazing. So superamas.com coming at you soon. Um, I guess my, my, mine is not a tip, but I want to, I know we're short on time, but I just really want to share the story because I shared it with a girlfriend of mine and she was like, had you ever talked about this on your podcast? Um, and I was like, I don't know if I did. And if I did, I'm going to tell you again, but if I didn't, here it goes. Um, when in about in 2008, uh, my parents had to declare bankruptcy. Uh, I believe they declared 13, not like, the 11 or the mm-hmm. 7, they declared 13, mm-hmm. which meant they had to repay some debt, not everything. So it's not as bad as doing an 11 or 7. Um, so that was like tip number one. If you are in the position where you have to go through that, um, you have to look into your options. Don't automatically go to 11 or 7 just because someone is selling you on something. Like really make the time to study, ask questions. And if you're going to have to do that, my parents had to do it. But they, they went through the, the 13, which is the one where you still have some responsibility and it doesn't ding you as much as something sure like an 11 or 7. Resources, so that's important. Yeah. yeah. I was super close to declaring bankruptcy too. I was, I kid you not, maybe two hours from making that decision for my life. Um, but something inside me was like, no, you know, you have to figure this out. I had, I think about 35000 or $20,000 in credit card debt of just pointless shit that mm-hmm. I had in my closet. Um, and I sat down and I called all my credit cards and I said, okay, I don't have the money to pay you. Like, I don't have the money. What? kind of deal do you give me on this? That's good. You negotiated. Like, what's your, like, I can give you, I, I think one, I, I own like eight grand and I was like, I can give you $800 right now. Leave it or take it. And they were like, no, three dollars. I was like, I can give you right now $800. I am two hours away from filing chapter seven. I said, I wasn't, but yeah. like either you're going to get nothing or you're going to get $800 and you can write off this debt right now. And they were like, all right, cool. We'll take it. And the moment like that one credit card said yes to me, I was like, oh, hell yes. I called all my credit cards and I ended up wiping off all my debt for, I think, $1,500. Wow. And, they, and, they, I, and they didn't report it or not? Like they didn't so, report I mean, your credit? So what happens is yeah. that in your credit report, it shows as closed. Mm-hmm. So obviously it dings your... I mean, my credit score went to like 600s. Um, but I knew like it would get better in the you future. Can rebuild it. And I can rebuild it. Um, and for a few years, I didn't have any credit cards. I lived on what I earned. And now I have a credit score of like 800 plus. I have credit cards that give me, I think like I have one credit card that I, I look at my balance of how much you're trusting me with. I'm like, this oh, country. Gosh, yeah. I'm like, this freaking country. You can I have know, a whole conversation. Like, you know, they, they take advantage. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I can't believe like, 
you just saw that like I closed accounts eight years ago and now you're giving me this much credit. Like, thank God, like obviously I'm smarter and I guess maybe that's the, that's a good thing. Like you learn, right? Yeah. And my friend's like, gosh, I just declared chapter 11. I didn't know I could have this. I didn't know I had these options and, and you do and you can rebuild. And you know, now I look at my savings account. I look at my investment account. I have a home. Like it is possible to mm-hmm. do, you it's, know, it's and so, so many people are in this like, mindset and and it really is a mindset you know I never had this mindset that this was it I never had the mindset that and I I never talked about it I even I had a boyfriend at some point and I never really wanted to share this with him and I think it's being taking that shame away from it and just making that like empowering like no right now this is what's happening in my life but it will change and I am making the steps to change it and I think what that gave me was this like this uh perception on things like I'm the same way with you I you know I drive my car is paid off and I drive the same car I've driven forever I there's obviously always like this little mind inside of me that's like oh my god I really want a car not a new car but it's just like (laughs) I want a nice car but I'm like then I go back and it's like no this is the car that you just like this I remember when I bought that car was like my first step into okay, now I have a new loan. Like I can actually have a loan in a car. And I remember how much like that felt and how proud I was. Like I have my little Prius and like, you know, it's like I have a car again. I had to ride the bus for two years because my car was repossessed. And now I'm like, oh, now I have like my little Prius. So like I always, I have that exact same love for my little car I had five years ago than I have for it now. Plus, you know? I'm going to say, um, I, cause I helped my parents through the whole bankruptcy. My mom has like a super good score right now. It's awesome. Um, even when she did the chapter 13 and they went through all that, there's, cause I get her mail. She gets yeah. offers all the time now from cards and, you know, she, yeah. she has, she's back on track. And so it's a even if you have to do that, yeah. it will get better, you know? And and we all make Thank mistakes. you for sharing that because a lot of people are ashamed to talk about that. Yeah. And I think if we talk about our mistakes more, then one, we're helping other people not make those same mistakes, but it also brings us that realization that we've learned something from it. Yeah. Because we all deal with something. Yeah. And, you know, every morning I get up and I thank God, like, wow, like, you know, obviously, you know, being financially free as everyone's goal, you know, being able to take my goal like in life. I'm like, I just, you know, what I see for my future is being able to take any trip in my life without worrying about the price tag. Like that's just yeah. where I want to get. And I, and I think to myself, if I was able to get from negative to where I am right now, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I did it. I yeah. did it. And, and it, that journey was so empowering. So even if you were in a rut, it's, don't worry about it. Get out of it. And like the, what you have just achieved, that empowerment that that is going to give you is above and beyond any amount of money. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what it is. It's a mindset. And yeah. many people don't know that yet. So you're on your way. And thank you so much for sharing that because I think we need to hear that. That doesn't always come easy. And, and we learn from our mistakes. That's, mm-hmm. that's the most important part of it. And you're, you're helping people not go through that same situation. Um, so thank you so much for coming. Where can mom stalk you? How can we get in contact with you? If you want to, if we want to have a one-on-one with you, how can this, how can we make this happen? Yes. Um, feel free to stalk me on <laughs> social media at a uh, financially savvy Latina. Um, my, my Twitter is the only one that's different. It's been savvy Latina, but, um, yeah, and definitely there's so many different conferences. I do my best to provide as many free resources as possible, whether there's events you could attend or even if they're pay, I try to do my best to find the best ones for women. Um, so, it, you know, hit me up and I'd be happy to share that with you and be able to give you as much information as you need. Because like I said, there's so much overwhelming so much information, so much to learn that mm-hmm. it's going to take time and, and you'll always be learning because it's just like learning a language. It's mm-hmm. evolving always. And you need to take that time for yourself. Like I said, under 20 minutes, you can do it every day. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you so, so thank much. you. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. Hey sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in el face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. 
calling to our hotline, 424-329-3707, and leave us a message, or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love, and see you next week. Super Mamas! Super Mamas.